Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here on a Monday. We have made it through weekend number two of the NBA hiatus. Uh, I'm not sure what you guys got up to. Uh, like, like we said right from the start, make sure you, you keep in contact with us. Let us know what you guys are up to, whether you are quarantining, whether you are still able to work, whether that is from home or with an essential business that you may be working for. It's obviously such a strange time, but uh, this is why. We need to stick together. And, and like we said right from the start, Locked On Bucks is going to stick with you right throughout this until things are back to normal, until there is basketball to talk about, basketball to watch. But for me this weekend, I, I don't know whether any of you guys got caught up in the Australian football hysteria from the weekend. Uh, it, there were certainly a lot of people in the US, I know that I advertised it on my, my Twitter, that, that there was Australian football happening. They did have week one of the season. I spoke about it on the podcast last week that uh, I was pretty surprised that they were going ahead and playing the season, given everything that's going on. Uh, I want to say unfortunately, but it's not really unfortunate. It's just what has to happen right now. The season did get postponed uh, yesterday, Sunday evening. So they got through week one. Uh, They're going to have a couple of months off, but if you did, Happened to watch any Australian football over the, over the weekend. I know I had a few people tweeting at me that, that were watching the game. I'm not sure if they listened to the podcast, but let me know what you thought. This has been the game. You guys have heard me speak about this a little bit before. This is a game I always played uh, right from when I was about five years old through to 23, 24, when I, I basically had to stop because of uh, several surgeries. Let's just say that. But I loved the game. It was the first sport uh, I loved as a kid over here in Australia, and it's huge over here. So if that was your first time watching that, let me know what you thought about that. And also, just in general, let, let us know. Uh, we're going to continue the mailbag, by the way. Frank will be back. But let us know what you guys are up to during this time. And most importantly, stay safe, look after each other, and uh, keep listening to the podcast. But one thing I noticed on the weekend, and I thought it was very cool, what Fox Sports Wisconsin are starting to do is play these Bucks classic games. And it's really fun. Unfortunately for me, uh, I do not get Fox Sports Wisconsin over here in Australia. But the game that they had on yesterday is one that everyone remembers very fondly. The game against the Golden State Warriors right back in 2015. The Warriors come into the Bradley Center 24-0. and 0. The Bucks are a lowly nine and fifteen, and I, and before I even get into this game, I've spoken about this before. But sports, whether it's moments, whether it's a particular shot, if you're talking about basketball, a block, a play, whatever it may be, I think that sport has this unique and really cool ability for people to remember exactly where they were at the time of watching this game. So we're talking about back in 2015. So I was not. Writing. I didn't think I'd ever written a story before. I definitely had never done a podcast or done any radio before. I was just a Bucks fan. And I was in Australia 
I watched this game with a bunch of friends uh, at my place. It was on national TV over here in Australia. And I'm not a betting man. I don't really gamble because basically I don't like to lose money. I mean, that's really the, the main story. Uh, I always nearly get tempted with sports betting, particularly over here in Australia is a big thing, but I never bet. But for some reason on this game, I bet $100 on the Bucks to win, which ended up netting me a lot of money. I think I won like 900 bucks on this game. And there was, I, first of all, it was a biased bet. There's no doubt about that. But I also thought that given the schedule that the Warriors had just been through, they're on the, the last game of a seven-game road trip. They were on a back-to-back. They played in Boston the night before in a game that went to double overtime. Not to take anything away from the Bucks' win, which was a terrific win, a really fun memory for Bucks fans. But as far as a 24-0 team goes, the decks were stacked against the Warriors a little bit. I think that, that's, that's fine to say. They were. It was a tough road trip. You're going to lose eventually. And the funny thing is about this Bucks team beating this Golden State Warriors team is that uh, this is the game I always point to when I talk about the current day Milwaukee Bucks Best record in the league last season, best record in the league uh, as it currently stands right now during hiatus, is that good teams lose to bad teams. And the Bucs have done such a terrific job in 2019-20 of not doing that, rarely losing to bad teams. But it always happens. And this game is the one that I always point to when I say, listen, bad teams can beat really good teams. That, that Warriors team, 73 wins, clearly a historic team, even though they didn't win the championship. They lost to what was objectively a bad team in the Milwaukee Bucks. That's, that's what happens in the NBA. That's why it's so crazy. And that's why these regular season losses often don't mean a lot. But as far as the Bucks go, this was a really fun day. And again, you guys know where I was. I just said that. But if you have any memories of this, whether you were at the arena, whether you were at home watching with friends, wherever you were, uh, hit me up on Twitter at Kane Pittman or at Lockdown Bucks and let us know your memories of this day because uh, it, it truly was a memorable day. We all remember the 24 and one t-shirts that Bucks fans and, uh, and, and the owners and the owners had on the sidelines there. It was, it was a, a crazy day, a really fun day at the Bradley center and Bradley center underrated, underrated how loud that building can get. I've said this before, but the first Bucks games I ever went to with the playoffs the season before against Chicago game three, game four, game six, I went to and uh, unbelievable how loud that building went so for all the negatives about the bradley center great atmosphere in there the fans were great i want to get into this game a little bit more though so uh we'll be back after this and then we're going to look at the the bucks lineups because it is it is crazy to me to think about some of the players that played in this game for the bucks that wasn't that long ago okay so i mentioned just before the break here that the uh the Milwaukee Bucks were were not great. They were nine and fifteen, and it was kind of interesting that this is the way the the early season was panning out. And I think, as Bucks fans and people that watch the Bucks on a daily basis, by this point, the writing was on the wall. And and certainly to to a point, this win uh, gave some belief that things could be turned around. And I felt like it might be the turning point for the season. That never eventuated. There was a couple of things at play here that I always think about. When I look at the box score for this game, it's remarkable to look at some of the names that are in this team. So uh, the, the starting lineup for the Bucks was Giannis, Jabari Parker, Chris Milton, Greg Monroe, OJ Mayo, uh, and then other players to see the floor, John Henson, Johnny O'Brien, 
Richard Vaughan, and then Michael Carter-Williams. So uh, even though this game, yeah, only five years ago, obviously a huge turnover of talent. And the in- interesting thing about this Bucks team was that coming into the season, you come off that first season with Jason Kidd, terrific defense, built on, uh, I think it's fair to say, uh, not only buy-in from the players, but the veteran presence that they had. I think Zaza Pachulia and also Jared Dudley, highly underrated for what they did for this defense. But we know that the Bucks signed Greg Monroe in this summer. Uh, Michael Carter-Williams was a guy that had some pretty good moments in that Bulls series. So while there was a, you know, a lot of skepticism of what he was going to actually bring to this team, and justifiably so, I think, he was still a guy that was young enough that you thought, I don't know, maybe this guy could be something in this team. As I said, he was a guy that had moments at times. So you go into the season with the starting lineup of Carter Williams, Greg Monroe, who was the premier free agent on the market in the, in the offseason. I mean, this was a huge signing for this franchise and it felt like a franchise-altering decision. I still believe that that was a turning point for the Milwaukee Bucks in, in general when you think about uh, the rebrand, everything that was going on, the change in ownership, been, have, showing the ability to sign a free agent. That was a huge moment. Didn't work out for Greg Monroe, but you have him in there. Then obviously Giannis is a guy that there's building belief that this guy is pretty special. Chris Middleton, uh, you know, to that point, coming off a terrific defensive season in 2015, improving as an offensive player, and Jabari Parker coming back from the ACL. So this was a team that had real expectations coming into the season and had disappointed. So this uh, win against Golden State, I-, I think, like I said, maybe gave some people the feeling that this was going to be a turning point. And it really started in the first quarter with the shooting of OJ Mayo. When you look at the the box score overall, uh, Juice played 29 minutes, 6 for 13 from the field, 4 for 8 from 3, three three-pointers in the first quarter. He finishes with 18 points, just a huge offensive spark and was the guy that really got the crowd going, really got the bucks rolling in this one. Giannis did have a triple-double. We thought he had a triple-double. That ended up getting wiped when he got a, a couple of assists taken off him, but, but not a huge scoring night for him, but he finished with 11 points, 12 rebounds, eight assists, a steal, a couple of blocks, all-round game uh, from Giannis in this one. But there was two players, really, that stood out. This is gonna, not going to come to any surprise to anyone that watched that game, but Greg Munro and Michael Carter-Williams uh, posted, both posted the biggest plus-minus on the team Michael Carter-Williams played 30 minutes in this one, even though he didn't start. 17 points, 7 assists, 5 steals, including the steal that really iced the game when he went down uh, late to give the Bucs, I think, a 13-point lead. Threw that down. Had some words to the Warriors bench. We'll get to that in a little bit. But he finished a plus 22 in his 30 minutes. And Greg Munro, my goodness, 28 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists, plus 17 on the box score. And to be honest, Completely dominated Draymond Green, who put up some big numbers uh, himself on the box box score. Uh, Draymond Green, but Greg Monroe, uh, like I said, this is uh, you know a third of the way into the regular season, and you see this against uh, you know the guy in Draymond Green that the Warriors were playing at the five. He was probably at that point the most dynamic defender in the entire league. The Warriors were able to go to this this death lineup that they speak of. And Greg Monroe was unstoppable. Absolutely unstoppable. It was an incredible sight to see him play so well. And in many respects, when I watch this game again, it, it makes me a little bit sad at the way that things uh, panned out with Moose. Clearly, there was 
Um, let's say some, it, it felt like from the outside, certainly there was some uh, tension between him and Jason Kidd. The role just never really played out the way that the, the Bucks wanted them to. But uh, this was probably his most memorable performance in Milwaukee uh, in this win, in the win that gave the Bucks win number 10 on the season. The Warriors, their first loss of the year. But it is funny to think that while there are, you know, while there was Giannis, Chris Milton, uh, these guys that, that played in this game, the two guys, potentially two of the more maligned Milwaukee Bucks players in the last five years in Monroe and Michael Carter-Williams, uh, were the two guys that, that stood out in, in having this great performance. Uh, the, the other things that are of note in this one, obviously the, the fourth quarter for the Bucks, and I don't know what memories you guys have of this fourth quarter, but I still thought while the Bucks were, were playing well, you have in the back of your mind that, well, this is the Golden State Warriors. They're going to come back. They're going to win this game. And then the Bucks end up outscoring Golden State 28-18 in the fourth quarter. Again, we have to point to fatigue that was potentially uh, a factor in this one for the Warriors um, coming off that back-to-back in double overtime. But the way that the Bucks finished, they really carried through that momentum. It, it, was, it was an incredible finish and an incredible atmosphere uh, in, in the Bradley Center for this one. For the Warriors in this game, I already mentioned Draymond Green. He had 24 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists. Steph Curry, 28 points, only 2 for 9 from 3. And Clay Thompson, who actually did not play the night before in that game in Boston, only had 12 points. So Curry and Thompson went 4 for 16 from 3. You're going to take that if you're Milwaukee. That's for damn sure. But even for Golden State, it, it was interesting... The Brandon Rush started this game. Our old friend Andrew Bogut also had five blocks, seven rebounds. Only played 22 minutes in this one. The Warriors went deep into the rotation in this game, and and in many respects, they probably felt like they had to. But before we we move on, because I I do want to talk, because an interesting thing that people probably forgot a little bit about is the game that they played the week after where the Bucs played remarkably well. It was a very, very entertaining game where Milwaukee flirted with the possibility of sweeping the 73-win Warriors in the regular season, which would have been absolutely bizarre. So I'm going to go to another break. I want to come back. I want to talk about the reaction from the Warriors for this loss because it's fair to say uh, they didn't take it too well. So I did mention this big steal and dunk that Michael Carter-Williams had at the end of this game. And after the dunk, he had some words for the bench, which, uh, you, you know, you can, you can feel either way. For me, I'm just like, whatever. This is a big win for the Bucks. Michael Carter-Williams is feeling himself. He's had a big night. Say what you're going to say. Let's be honest. I'm sure that the Warriors, uh, through this period, and we know through this period, were, were a team that liked to talk the talk out there. And sure, they can do that. They were great. They were a great team. But if you knock them off, you hand them their first loss, and I think you're well within your rights to talk a bit of trash. And Michael Carter-Williams certainly did that. There were some funny quotes that came out after this game. Steph Curry said, uh, we were kind of laughing at some of the stuff going on. It was a big game for them. Friday will be a big game for us. That was in reference to the Bucs uh, playing the Warriors at Oracle uh, the week after that. And Clay Thompson said, obviously a team that gave us our one in the loss column and we felt they could have won with a little more class. Well, I think that's ridiculous, Clay. It's the NBA. It's a competition. It's competitive. You guys are out there dancing, shimmying, doing whatever you want to do when you win. You get beat, suck it up, and get over it. That's, that's the way I feel about that. But it was interesting that that came because you knew coming into the next game at Oracle that the Warriors were going to bring it. And that was kind of scary. 
if you're a Bucks fan, you're like, okay, well, we had our moment. We had the 24-1 and shirts. There was some talk going on. Uh, this is going to get ugly. But the Bucks were remarkably impressive. They actually went into the final quarter at Oracle up by eight points before being outscored 36-19 to in the fourth quarter. They eventually lost 121-112. Uh, but again, uh, there were some big performances. And funnily enough, that man, Michael Carter-Williams, top scorer for the Bucks, 24 points, five rebounds, four assists, a steal, a block, nine for 18 from the field. Giannis, 20 points in that one, six rebounds, four assists. And the other guy who had a big impact on the game, Miles Plumley, the team best, plus 15 in a game that the Bucks lost by nine points. He had 13 points, seven rebounds uh, in, in that one. Got to the foul line a lot, seven for eight from the free throw line. So, you know, just a funny sort of two-week period in what was really a disappointing season for the Bucks. It was. It was bad. It was one that you want to forget about. It was the start of really the slippery, slippery, slippery slope of the Jason Kidd tenure in Milwaukee if it hadn't already started in the offseason and people weren't already frustrated with the way Kidd was coaching. It just went all downhill from there. And it, it was kind of disappointing because, you know, like I said, after the, the signing of Greg Monroe, there was a lot of optimism about the Bucks and what they were going to be able to do uh, that season. So to, to have it sort of pan out that way was sad. But that was certainly the golden moment in a in a... Dark season for the Bucs outside of seeing the further development of Giannis that just continued at, uh, at a ridiculous rate. And, and we know how everything has panned out there. But it was interesting. I just wanted to, to sort of talk through some of the moments that happened on that night in that Bucs-Warriors game because uh, I, I know uh, I, I didn't watch the game today. This is all, this is all from my memories of, of the night. I'm watching it again, you know, over the last couple of years. But it was one of those ones that I was really happy to see how many people were interacting on Twitter, how many people were watching the game and, and recalling what, what they remember from that game because it was a special night uh, for Bucks fans, I think, regardless of what the overall uh, win meant for the season. Uh, that was an individual moment that I think most Bucks fans will always remember. And like I said, if you uh, have any memories that you want to share, certainly fire them through to us on Twitter. But it does bring me to an interesting thing that I want to bring up and see if there's any interest in this. We've got some time here. Let's be honest. We've got plenty of time to come up with different ideas for the podcast. You guys know, I'm always telling you, if there's anything you want to hear, anything you want us to talk about, anything you want us to do, let us know. We're going to make it happen. That's what we're here to do. We're here to keep people entertained through this hiatus. But the idea I had after watching that game was, is there any game in Bucks history that you guys would want to watch through uh, with me? We could do like a live stream. I'll probably be drinking beers. I'll be watching the game. We can chat. We can hang out. We can do a live uh, stream, whether it's on Twitter, uh, a live podcast, whatever it may be. If there's any interest in doing that, if there's any particular games that you want, uh, Frank and I, uh, myself and someone else, whoever it may be, to, to go over, to recap and relive what, whatever game that may be, whether it's playoffs, whether it's going right back in the archives, let us know. Because I think that's an interesting idea. We're gonna we're gonna uh, find ways to keep Bucks basketball in our lives, stay entertained, and stay looking forward to the future. Keep everyone positive and feeling good. So that's just an idea that came into my head today. If, that, if you've got any interest in that, reach out. Let me know on Twitter, and we can look to make that happen. But uh, as I mentioned right off the top, the mailbag is going to be back. 
tomorrow, Frank, I'm going to drag him back onto the podcast and we're going to continue our questions. I joked that we haven't got to the what TV shows, what movies you're going to be streaming uh, during this uh, period of lockdown quarantine. But Frank, uh, honestly, I'm scared that when I ask him this question, he's just going to go for two and a half hours. This guy has seriously seen every single movie and every single TV show that's ever been created. So uh, stay tuned for that one. Still got a bunch of questions we have to get through, though. Some bucks related, some salary cap related. Frank, again, is our guy for those. And then just some fun quarantine ones. So we're going to get back to those to stick around for the podcast in uh, the mailbag, so I should say, in the coming days. But before I wrap this one up, again, I'm going to keep promoting the other podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network. The Hollinger and Duncan podcast with Nate Duncan and John Hollinger comes out every Monday. Look out for that one. Listen to that one after you listen to this. But for now, for Locked On Bucks, for a Monday, we will be back tomorrow. Stay safe and look after each other, everyone.